0: You are listening to Ordinary Prayers, an invitation to listen for the presence of God in the ordinary parts of life. Now let us take this time to prepare our hearts and minds to pray. Today is Friday, June 29, 2018, and we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7-15. through Here Paul encourages the predominantly Gentile Christians in Corinth to give generously to an offering being collected for the predominantly Jewish Christian church in Jerusalem. In Galatians, Paul describes what happened when he, Barnabas, and Titus met with the Jewish Christian leaders to discuss Paul's mission to the Gentiles he says they asked only one thing that we remember the poor which was actually what i was eager to do part of the way in which paul demonstrated unity between his mission to the gentiles and the mostly jewish christian church in and around jerusalem was by collecting funds to take care of the poor jerusalem church second corinthians chapter 8 is concerned with that collection and the corinthians participation in it let us listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7 through 15. As you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you, who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. When I first arrived at Camp Shalom, campers would ride a van down to the river to go canoeing. When I questioned the practice, staff members provided a well-versed list of reasons. It was necessary for the safety of the campers. The walk was too physically challenging. It offered staff much-needed support. The list went on and on. There was a time when the camp had no access to the river on the property, Staff drove campers to a site several miles away from the camp to go canoeing. Eventually, though, the camp secured a river access point. The new launch spot was within walking distance, a 300-yard walk, but the tradition of driving remained. There was pushback from the staff when I ended the van rides to canoeing. Several of them confronted me about the change. After listening to their grievances, I told them, You think you're doing the children a favor, but all you're doing is robbing them of a dynamic encounter with God's creation. It wasn't long before campers returned from canoeing with reports of seeing giant spider webs, colorful butterflies, and baby snapping turtles. Their joy left little weight to counselor objections about walking. Years later, the camp started a program to recruit lower income campers. We offered 10 low income families a free week of camp. When the time for their session arrived, only two children showed up. The others registered and completed the forms, but did not attend, nor did they call to cancel. The next summer, we offered the same program, but this time asked families to pay something. The amount was determined by what they could afford. We only wanted some financial commitment, and the outcome was completely different. With the payment required, all ten campers showed up, As these families returned to camp the following year, they proudly told me what they could afford to pay. I was surprised by how important this was to them. Parents would come into the office and announce, This year we can afford $50! What we didn't realize, by offering something completely free, we were denying participants a sense of dignity and a chance to own the camp experience. Even a family who pays $5 gets the chance to be quote-unquote normal. They pay for the experience. Plus, they are able to show their children their commitment to providing them with something of meaning. In the end, we were denying people a dynamic encounter with God. It was no different than driving children to the river. I've listened to several people tell me they don't want faith to be about the money. But I'm not sure you can have faith without it. How else do people truly express gratitude, and how can we tend to the needs of the world without it? How do you view the relationship between money and faith, and what do you consider a good use of financial gifts in the church? How is gratitude formed by giving and where does your giving bring you joy? I invite you to consider how your use of treasures reflects your heart and your passions and pray those into God's hands now. Let us listen one more time to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 through 15. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking, I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you, who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, Now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy, abundantly you pour out upon creation all good gifts. Teach us in thankfulness to return to you our gifts of gratitude. Help us to understand how our financial giving provides a dynamic encounter with you. Equip all of us to give with our whole hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Now may God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, bless you and grant you the gifts of faith, hope, and love. Amen.